Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? June 11th, 1 a.m. edition of the Fightful MMA Podcast. Yours truly, Joe Ferrara. You can find me online at Showdown Joe. Find us at Fightful, at Fightful MMA, at Fightful Wrestling, at Fightful Sean Ross Sapp. At Sean Ross Sapp is my co-host. Anything at Sean Ross Sapp is awesome. All the social media is ridiculous. Him and his cats. But, uh, of course, Sean, tonight... Ooh, give me one second here. I got some feedback here. My problems, my apologies. All right, sorry. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp. Uh, Derek Lewis. I saw you tweeting some of the stuff uh, online there. You're not a happy camper with this guy. I will be cursing very frivolously throughout this broadcast, mainly as it pertains to this main event. Yeah. Mark Hunt emerges victorious, uh, fourth round. Uh, Derek Lewis with some interesting uh, footwork, interesting. Uh, look, I've said, it, I've said it so many times. I even said it off air with you. I'm not surprised at all. People were criticizing the way he was competing against Mark Hunt. Um, it, he had power. He just doesn't have technique. You know, he's got a lot of power and he's able to be smart with some of his fights and able to land a lot of shots. He was able to absorb a fair amount, but his time has come. So I don't know if his time has come, but the fact he said he had an injury afterwards. Is that what he said? Yeah, short of Scorpion from Mortal Kombat 3 showing up and ripping his spine out of his ass, there's no reason he should have lost that fight. Mark Hunt gave him every opportunity to win that fight. And I, you know, it looked like maybe he got hurt a little bit off of a check early on, but he says it was his lower back. It had to have been really bad because that is up there. Probably top five among the worst main event performances I've ever seen in the UFC, uh, especially as it pertains to footwork, technique. Early on, throwing leg kicks without setting them up against Mark Hunt. That's a fantastic way to catch an overhand to the dome and get put on your ass. Fortunately for him, it didn't happen. It is remarkable how Derek Lewis has not been knocked out in his last couple of fights with the way he keeps his chin up and all of his weight 100%. on his back foot. Totally agree. But he, he showed some signs of improvement over the last, uh, last several years, up until his last fight or two. Then he started to run into trouble. The hands-down, all-weight-on-your-back-foot game plan is super puzzling against a guy like Mark Hunt. 
Because that is exactly, if you were to say, how would you not want to fight Mark Hunt? I would say, well, I'd put all my weight on my back foot and put my hands down. That's how I would lose a fight against Mark Hunt. And that's what he did. Uh, you know, the, the really the only thing I can, I mean, good, good on Mark Hunt. He's got that six fight contract. He's three deep into it now and three more and a win over Derek Lewis just keeps him up there. Just keeps him up there. Uh, I don't know what to say. Uh, Derek Lewis, a fool. This game plan, a fool. I don't care how. I don't know how bad that back injury could have been because it's 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 a t- oh man. I got listen. Rough. I, I'm sorry. I, I I sent off a tweet there talking about the MMA gods, the law of karma, and how I'm happy for Ronda Rousey and Travis Brown. I mean, there was one point where I thought, you know, Derek Lewis, when he was backing up, I was just waiting for him to slap his stomach, you know, Ugandan giant Kamala style, old school there, because I was just kind of like, dude, like Kamala had way better footwork. Yeah, I agree, and and more and, and he, more. Yeah, Kamala has better footwork now, and he only has one leg. Very true. That's that's most terrible, but okay. Uh, the one thing I'll give Derek Lewis credit for was the use of the lead left leg. He was he was using that very explosively. He was throwing those kicks up there. He had you know he had you know reckless abandon if you want to call it. But at the same time, I don't have any sympathy after everything he's done. Uh, you know, post the Travis Brown fight, uh, leading up to this fight, continuing to talk about Ronda Rousey. That's someone's that's someone's girl, right? That's someone's fiance. It's gonna be someone's wife. He just you know. How would you like it if Mark Hunt, who just whooped your ass, started talking about your fiance that you're going to marry in Hawaii in a week? Well, Mark Hunt bitches about a lot of stuff, but he, he's got a little more class than that. Uh, for Mark Hunt, good for him. Fantastic win. This keeps him up in the top 10. He's going to obviously, Derek Lewis will probably be removed from the rankings. And if I were Dana White, I'd say that's a blessing in disguise to have whatever that just was retire. And then you had the question of, well, what's next? Because there's, there was a, probably a good shot that if Derek Lewis won this fight, he could have gotten a title shot. And here's the thing. I think Steve Amiochik chews through him in 90 seconds. That happens. And the only reason I think it takes 90 seconds is somebody maybe catches the arena on fire. Steve Amiochik leaves the cage, puts out the fire, and comes back. <laughs> then knocks out That's the only reason it would even take 90 seconds of this Derek Lewis to lose that was good i'm impressed sean that was very very good yeah i mean and the thing is i'm about to publish an article this week about how maybe the heavyweight division isn't in so much trouble despite lewis uh being gone now and despite some of these old names kind of going away and a lot of unfamiliar names being up there but as as my catch wrestling coach jay groom says there are levels to this shit Oh and yeah, you take 100%. a look at any Stipe Miocic fight and you take a look at the way that Derek Lewis just fought. One of the most embarrassing main event performances ever. I put this above Anthony Rumble Johnson in most embarrassing performances. And I didn't think that one was going to get touched for years, Joe. I didn't think that one was even going. I, I thought that that was like if I were to say what is the Stipe Miocic of bad performances, I'd say Anthony Rumble Johnson. Mm-hmm. But no, mm-hmm. this one just came along and steamrolled it. Horrible footwork, horrible game plan. Uh, very few redeeming qualities in this guy leading up to the fight. Man. 
We make a good point, and, and so our live chat's open right now, guys. Any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, uh, post them up there. Roy Soria's got a pretty good one there. All he says, um, all I got to say is Lewis looked like he has, he was already salivating at the idea of retirement, LOL. So the question I have for, you know, that could be he could have already checked out. He could have checked out before he even got into this fight, saying, that's it, I'm done. But my question is, do you think he's actually done? Because I don't think he is. I think he'll just go, get married, chill out a little bit, blah, blah. And then, you know, I think he still has the drive for competition. Will he do much? Well, it's, it's heavyweight. You never know. But I think he reaches peak. Yeah, I think he fights again. I don't think he'll ever be what he once was again. Because if you're at this point saying, I'm not going to fight again, I don't know how much motivation you have to, to improve afterwards. You may have motivation to fight again because there are dollar signs attached to it. But I don't know how motivated he's going to be to go out and become the best. And it's it's hard to be the best at heavyweight either. Here's the thing. It's hard to crack the top 10 because you can get your lights put out in any fight. Any heavyweight you get in that ring with can put your lights out. Now, then you have Steve Miocic, Fabricio Verdum, Cain Velasquez, Alistair Overeem, Junior Dos Santos. Those are the those are the mainstays. You got guys like Ben Rothwell and Josh Barnett who are uh, you know flagged by USADA. I think both of them would have beaten Derek Lewis in probably under two minutes, based on what I saw. I, I don't think I, I do think he'll fight again. I don't think that he will be anywhere near he where he was. I thought you know we kind of saw it slip with Travis Brown, but. We saw him go to the fourth round uh, last December, too. So, I mean, this hasn't it, – it's tough because he, he had a great fight against Travis Brown, but this wasn't the guy who knocked out, like, Pesta and, and uh, Gonzaga and, like, sent Gonzaga into retirement, like, questioning his life. <laughs> but, yeah, I think he's done. I think he's done, but we'll fight again because – why should we believe anything he says? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mark Hunt basically stated – if he would have lost tonight, he was done. He says, I guess he can still continue. He's got a few more fights left in him. Uh, Mark Hunt's one of those guys I don't want to see leave because no matter what, he always he always brings something exciting to the fights. He's never boring. Uh, he's always going for a knockout. He's always trying to set up a knockout. Uh, it doesn't happen as fast as you know when he was younger, but the dude's spectacular. And I, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm glad he won. And I like this post-fight speech again. You know, I like Derek. He said, what do you say? I like Derek Lewis because he doesn't take steroids. We should all band together. And, and clean this sport up, you know, and there's that whole lawsuit that you and I keep talking about, you know, he's going after the UFC, that whole Brock Lesnar thing. So I like the fact that Mark Hunt continues to compete is clean and continues to win here and there. Yeah, I do too. Um, I'm, I'm all for Mark Hunt. They, I figured they, <laughs> if Volkov gets past uh, Stefan Struve in September, maybe they give give him Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt finds out finds a way to knock it, throw an overhand above his head and knock him out. Probably because that's <laughs> what Mark Hunt does. But a great win for Mark Hunt. He needed it. He deserved it. He has been dealt a rough hand. Like there's always some stuff. <laughs> there's always some stuff. Like there was the IV with Overeem. There was he fought Brock Lesnar, and we all know what happened there. Frank Mir has his history with PEDs. Antonio Silva. You know, that's that's tough because if there's one guy that you could point he, at, I think say, he, he needs he deserves or doesn't deserve it, he needs it. Yeah, needs TRT. That's one thing. 
but yeah, I, I, I completely, and you know, Fabricio Verdum's physique has kind of changed over recent years. That may have more to do with age than, than drug testing. We don't know, but a good win for him. And yeah, I think it's a good win for the UFC too. Cause Derek Lewis probably didn't seem like he was going to fight after this. At least they get something out of Mark Hunt. Maybe yeah. he can make some of the money back for them that he's going to end up winning from them <laughs> in this lawsuit. Hopefully. I didn't even mention Mark Hunt in my article this week with the whole Money Mouse Johnson thing, but uh, there's another example right there of guys going or banding and sort of together or and, or just simply going after the UFC. I want to get to that uh, in a moment when we get a little further down this card here. Derek Brunson and Dan Kelly, uh, that one lasted 76 seconds. Uh, I didn't think that was going to last 76 seconds. I thought that one was going to go a while. I did think that if, if, if it was – not Derek Lewis. Derek, I said Brunson, correct? I didn't say Lewis. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Brunson, 76 seconds takes out Dan Kelly, who hashtag dad bod is awesome. Um, but I thought that one was going to go longer – if it was going to go short, Derek Brunson was going to win that fight because he's so explosive. Uh, but he did take his time, and he got very smart with it, and he just landed a beautiful left that Dan Kelly was like, okay, lights out, I'm done. Didn't um, even have his foot planted and still knocked him out. Yeah, yeah. So Derek Br- – I mean, I, I don't know what this really does for Derek Brunson in the rankings other than the fact that, you know, he he, he gets that win. Um, you know, and he calls out Antonio, he calls out Carlos, he calls out Silva, and he calls out whatever his name is, and he calls out Junior. He calls out every Antonio Carlos Junior Silva guy out there. So I'd rather see him fight someone better, but if that's the fight that he wants and it's going to be an exciting fight, get her done. Yeah, I I thought this one was going to end early. I thought Brunson was going to knock him out. There were, like, as long as he didn't go all, go full Whitaker against uh, Daniel Kelly, then I thought that he was going to just knock him dead. That that didn't take long to happen. I like I liked the call out because I think he recognizes um, Chew Face as a big content, like a big prospect uh, in that division. So uh, that, that one's cool. It'd be a good fight. Doesn't do a damn thing for him in the rankings. And for Daniel Kelly, he got That's his top risk, 10. Though, Sean. It's a huge risk for him. What's he going to do? Take, oh, take Chew Face down to the ground? That's not a good idea. Yeah, I, I might knock him out. Yeah. You never know. Uh, that's the thing about Derek Brunson. Like, you never, you never know. Daniel Kelly, he wanted his top 10 fight. He got his top 10 fight. He lost his top 10 fight. There you go. He's he's very lucky to be in the – he's lucky this didn't happen to him against Rashad. Yeah. But Rashad – Rashad is Rashad. That's the thing. I don't know why anybody would pay to watch a Rashad Evans fight at this stage. Hey, but, that's, uh, my we know- that's my boy. That's my boy. I don't, well, he can beat your boy all he wants. He, he <laughs> puts on some terrible fights. Puts on some terrible fights. I don't know if that'll be the case against Sam Alvey in a couple months, but but uh, I don't know if Sam Alvey can have bad fights. But yeah, Dan Kelly got a shot. I'm glad he got his shot, but stick. They'll, they'll probably just keep using him on these New Zealand and Australia shows as they should. Just like, just like they'll use Dan Hooker, who takes out Ross Pearson with a brutal knee. Uh, just when you thought Ross Pearson, I'm, I'm looking at this fight, I'm thinking, you know, Dan Hooker's doing what he's got to do, uh, jabbing, crossing, blah, 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 doing really good. And Pearson shows his, his veteran savvy, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to adjust to this. I've got his timing. I'm doing this and doing that. Next thing you know, Kelly just comes up with that knee and just says, game over. Mouthpiece one way, body the other way, skull the opposite way. Game over for Ross Pierre. A fantastic performance by Dan Hooker, to say the least. 
there were times where this was like really pretty defensively hideous by Ross Pearson. He would stand in the pocket but not throw any punches. And his head movement isn't isn't where it used to be to be able to do that. Now, does he show glimpses? Yeah, but when you sit in the pocket with a guy who has has the type of range on you that that Hooker does, that not, there's not a lot of good that can uh, come from that. It seemed like a matter of time to me that Hooker would either pick him apart or just put him out, and he finally got put out. Hooker's footwork looked uh, a little bit improved. That's good because in previous fights it didn't look so hot. Either that or Pearson's was just so slow by comparison that maybe it looked that looked okay. I got to think Pearson's done in the UFC, but he's the type of guy that Bellator loves. He'll yeah. be fighting a pit bull brother in no time. <laughs> Take it right out of my mouth. Take it right out of my mouth. But good call. Good call. Uh, speaking of bad calls, not so good calls. If there was ever a time I wanted John McCarthy to walk into an octagon and grab a referee and pick him up by his throat and choke slam him, it was that referee that did the Kudaliba versus De Silva fight who allowed wow. Kudaliba basically to walk right across the octagon as his name is getting announced and get right into the face of his opponent while the announcer is still announcing his name and then walk back. And the referee's like, oh, dude. I'll tell you right now, Sean Rossap, when you take that course with Big John McCarthy, the command course, and I can guarantee you that it's probably brought up in every single course, or John brings it up in every single course, or Jaron Valal, or whoever's teaching the course that day with John there, they will bring it up. When the announcements are being made, the official announcements or the introductions are being made for the fighters, you pay attention. Those fighters stay in their corner. They can pace left and right. They cannot move forward to the center of the fighting surface. This dude not only walked to the center, I get Junior DeSantos walking to the center and just, you know, doing his thing to the middle of the mat, but this dude walked past the center line and walked all the way across to the Silva, and the referee had his arms crossed laughing. Are you insane? Embarrassing. Embarrassing. That was embarrassing. I, I bet Kutilaba or Kutilaba is going to be thrilled that that happened, though, because that was one of the most horrifying things, like the most horrifying minutes in MMA that I remember. From the stare down, like that's going to be used in highlights and promotion. And I tell you what, man, if you're going to do that to somebody, you better do what he did to Enrique De Silva right after. That wasn't even a fight. Jesus, Joe. Oh, my God. And like the, the whole buildup, he was like daring De Silva. He's like, you better take me down. You better take me down because if you don't, I'm going to knock you the F out. And he did. Yeah. It wasn't even a fight. Oh. It was a beating, man. It was just like, what I does ju- it say that Jared Cannonier took like fifty strikes from this guy and beat him? I know, I know, that's crazy. And it's Misha Serkinov too. Yeah. So it goes. It, it's just, you know, first of all, and then Jonathan mean, I, Wilson took like eighty of them and made it to the end of the damn fight. Oh yeah, back when they fought. That's oh, right. Oh my god, because there was like after that, after that straight, that was it. The fight was done. It was just he De Silva was cooked. Rap. Go home. It was I mean, I don't want to say it's embarrassing, but it wasn't even a fight. It was just like Oh. Anyways. I had a lot uh, of people saying, well, he's two and two in the UFC, and I'm like, man, he's twenty three years old. Twenty three years old. He was like God, I feel like he was 20, 21, 22 when he lost to Serkinov. And yeah. yeah, he lost to Cannoneer and stuff, but that's so young, especially for light heavyweight, because light heavyweight, 
while it doesn't skew as old as heavyweight, it's going to start skewing a little older. That's just that's just the way it is. The, the heavier you get, I think, the the more it kind of skews that way. But especially 205 and uh, uh, heavyweight. But the, the difference is not every light heavyweight can put your lights out. This guy just showed that he could, like, impressive. Walk me through what went through your mind. Those 49 seconds of Ben Wynn taking out Timothy Elliott. Every one of the 49 seconds was awesome. And Tim Tim Elliott's weird as shit, but (laughs) I love the scrambles. I was like, and here's the thing, about 40 seconds in, I was like, hell yeah, I'm down for three rounds of this. Three rounds of these transitions, because transitions – from flyweights are a lot different than transitions from like middleweights or welterweights. Oh, it's not even close. It's just so fast, man. Yeah. But yeah, the scrambles are a lot quicker. And not only that, they're able to get their feet underneath basically their hips and their ass a lot easier to get back to their feet. So it makes for a much more exciting ground game. But uh, Ben Wynn turned into Ben One. I saw right? That. I saw that coming. Right? Yeah. I'll tell you this. Uh, I've been to and I've called my first share of Timothy Elliott fights. I've called many of those scrambles. Uh, I am a huge fan of the way he competes. But that left kick by Ben Wynn stopped everything. Timothy Elliott tried to go back and continue what he was doing to the point where he got uber comfortable when Ben Wynn had his back. First of all, he should have never took his back. But then he took his back and he just got all comfortable, not caring about the choke trying to play with the feet, and before you know it, you saw the hand go up, and it was like, pop, 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 pop. It's over. See ya. And I was stunned. Absolutely stunned. Yeah, Elliot missed the head and arm and, and paid for it and got his back taken. That, that's going to happen. If I'm the UFC, I'm pretty happy about Ben winning because he's 4-1 he's and one in the UFC. He's got three finishes, three first-round finishes from a flyweight contender. Flyweight, yeah. So, so now you got Ben Wynn, you got Sergio Pettis, you got Ray Borg. There are options here. Like you can have a number one contender fight. That, that ain't some stuff that happens a lot in this division where you're like, ooh, we could put Ben Wynn against Sergio Pettis and the winner gets a title shot. You don't usually have that luxury. So, uh, what did you think of his post fight interview though? When when he was asked by Stan, you know, where do you go from here? Who do you want to fight? And he's honest. Ben was just kind of like, dude, this division's like up in the air. Well, hell, when Dana White's telling everybody he's going to shut it down, yeah, it's in the air. Bullshit. I hate it. I can't foolish. stand it. It is foolish. Dumb. I don't know. I hope, I hope hey, I'm- guys, by the way, I wanted, I wanted to remind you guys for pro wrestling fans, New Japan. Pro Wrestling Dominion coverage at 3 a.m. Eastern. David Tease, that monster, that savage, covered UFC in New Zealand and is staying up and covering that, the Okada versus Omega rematch. It's going to be off the charts. Don't send me spoilers, guys. I'm waking up tomorrow and watching it. Also, get over there on those forums, you all. I love that you all are using those forums more and more. And don't forget, uh, check out Joe's weekly rants over on uh, Fightful.com and our YouTube. I'm enjoying those, Joe. Stop asking me to swear, guys. I'll swear if I want to swear. <laughs> Everybody wants me to lose my mind more some more and just kind of like start cursing everybody. But uh, guys, yeah, I know it is. It is. But uh, my son might be watching them. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, if Dana White keeps doing what he's doing, he's pissing me off. I don't like what he's saying about Demetrius and half the stuff that's going on here. So I'll probably get pissed off. Um, guys, just just so you know, this this 
podcast will be a little bit shorter than normal. Uh, but I do want to talk about a few things. We won't go rapid fire just yet. Uh, but I do want to talk about one thing, Sean, for sure, is the fact that Featherweight's a stacked division. Uh, it's absolutely stacked. But I'm watching Alexander Volkovsky, and I'm like, this is my kind of fighter. This is a guy. I, I know that fight went the distance, and I bitched right off the top of the show because uh, Lord knows how much I can't stand <laughs> the fights start off with decision, decision, decision. I'm like, make a coffee, make a pot of coffee, dude. You're up. You're, this is going to suck. Like, this is going to be glorified sparring, another UFC event where it's just going to, you're only going to have one or two finishes. Go make your coffee, your pot of coffee. Throw Bailey's in there if you have to, just whatever. whatever. And next, we start getting some finishes, which was cool. Wolkowski's fight went the distance, but that's the kind of MMA that I like seeing. Because it wasn't just two guys or girls standing and banging, bah, 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 just doing their thing. There was action. There was action at everything. Every facet of mixed martial arts was taking place. He was def- if he would screw up, you know, against Hirota, he would correct himself and then take advantage of the fight again. This is the kind of guy that I like seeing fighting. He's at one forty-five. Uh, I don't know what kind of how bright his future is going to be, but this is my kind of fighter. Yeah, twenty-eight years old. Another guy that they can they can put on these Australian cards because he's he's local to the area. We get, we got to see a little bit of everything from him, and he got to see a little bit of everything from his opponent, which is good. I mean, the guy's only been striking for about six years, which to a lot of people seems like a long time. But when you're 28 years old and you're fighting in this division and you're like 15 and one, you would assume that the person's been striking a lot longer. I saw that he had great ground and pound. He couldn't prevent sweeps as well as I would like, but uh, it was good to see him go to a decision too because that's not something that's happened with him a lot. I think just three times in his career. He did have like one fight early on that went four rounds. So, I mean, it's not like it's uncharted territory for him. I I know that he went four rounds a couple years ago too. But uh, it's always good to see that on the UFC level as well. So, Good for him. Hey, he's he's somebody to watch for sure. I think. Does you saw a test for asphalt or concrete or steel in somebody's jaw? Hirota. <laughs> Should they? Like holy smokes! Yeah. That dude took a punch to that face hard. He just kept. He wouldn't yeah. move. But uh, anyways, let's move on to the preliminary card on Fox Sports One. Vince Pichel. Years he out was- of the cage, and he did that. That was crazy. That was ridiculous. Wow. I didn't. Yeah, I thought for sure he was going to be in big trouble going into the second or third round. Well, it went three minutes and thirty-seven seconds. Although I did find some amusement in the fact that he says, "You know, f ring rust." That's BS, dude. You fought for three and a half minutes. That thing went five yeah. minutes, or that thing went two or three rounds. Then you could talk about ring rust. It didn't, but uh, a solid performance by Vince Pichel uh, versus Damian Brown. That's for sure. Wish. We should get like a UFC sports science show on Fight Pass that has like him combating ring rust and like Brian Ebersol trying to prove that the guillotine is a myth and things like that. That uh, they could do that for a one-off, a, a one-off sports science, a bro science, a bro science. show for UFC Fight Pass. <laughs> uh, normally, when, when I'm watching a fight, I don't care what someone's nickname is, but when someone calls themselves a Jedi. I get very upset. I get insulted. I get offended. I'm not a Star Wars geek per se. I love the movies. I enjoy the movies. I watch them, many of them, three, four times just to try and get the story ingrained in my head. I'm like, who is this Luke Jumo guy calling himself the Jedi or a Jedi? I was 
insulted. He takes on Dominic Steele. I'm like, I hope Dominic Steele whoops his ass. And I'm watching this fight, and I'm thinking, I like this Luke Jewell guy. He's actually pretty damn good. You can have the Jedi nickname. I like you. You're fighting pretty damn good. Despite the fact he went to distance, he showed some heart. He showed some intelligence losing the first round. Or, sorry, he showed some intelligent rebounding after losing the first round and then winning rounds two and three. I was impressed. You can keep the nickname there, Sean. Yeah, Dominic Steele's a guy local to my area. I've, I'm very familiar with a lot of his teammates, stuff like that, but I think he's joining uh, Ross Pearson and Derek Silva in the probably leaving the UFC. You think? No way. Category, yeah. He's, he's lost three in a row, four out yeah. of five. So, yeah, I, I would think that after after going one and four in the UFC, probably, probably it. luckily for him, during his run, he's he's got a couple of bonuses, so it could be a lot worse for a guy like that. But yeah, that was fine. And, and elsewhere on the show, John Maraca, that that's a very underrated win, underrated and dominant win that he had because I think he was facing that same fate because he had lost yep. three fights in a row. Big and time. it's been a while; it's been four years since he contended for that title, and while he's beaten a couple of guys like Dustin Ortiz and Justin Scoggins that are something he had to win. And they didn't, this wasn't a gimme despite, despite the way that it looked. I mean, this, his opponent uh, was pretty highly touted coming in. So a big win for him as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the other fights with Zach Atow taking on uh, Kamoto and uh, JG Eldridge taking on Jimmy Joan. Yeah, they went the distance. It is what it is. Uh, someone posted- I'd, say, I'd say Aldridge will be in that 125-pound uh, yes. top house. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. I never thought of that. Yeah. Someone asked on the, on the chat real quick there, Sean, um, you know, why all of a sudden is Dana White no longer saying Mighty Mouse is the pound-for-pound pound best <laughs> and Conor McGregor is the pound-for-pound pound best in the sport? Do you need me to answer yeah, that? Funny. I want to take that. It's funny, isn't it, how that works? Kind of weird. Cool. And, and I believe he even said, I never said he was the number one pound for pound. Yeah, you did. There are quotes, evidence, things that exist. There's video you, evidence. What is he talking about? You need more people. We don't believe you. It's ridiculous. I just, I get it. He's a spin doctor. He's a salesman. But you just, at, like, at some point, do, do you not want to like realize that you're sounding like an ass? Like you really are sounding like you're a fool, and like, do you think he's living in this bubble of delusionalism where it's like I could say whatever I want and deny whatever I want? I mean, Chael Sonnen does it because that's a part that he plays. Dana doesn't even realize that he's doing it. Am I wrong? Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to get political, but you can if you like. I'll listen. I, I don't want to get. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to divide my audience, but I mean. You know, we, we've got politicians, high-level politicians that do that, and they get people to believe them. Mm-hmm. Whether Democratic, Republican, it doesn't matter. There, there are people who will say anything, and some people will believe them. There are people, like, on our own comments section, like, on, on the ads and stuff that are like, well, maybe if he didn't fight like a bitch, he'd get paid more. I'm like, maybe you need to go back and check the records. Or as Uriah would favor would say, check the record, bud. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this up? 
No, that I, I got to say that I looked at the Singapore show for next week, and I was not looking forward to it. And it is actually a pretty good looking card. Holly Holm is going to chew through Betch Kohea, uh, Andre Arlovsky, Tybura. That's going to be good. Stun Gun Kim against Colby Covington's an underrated fight. Safadine Dos Anjos. That's going to be good. That's uh, talking event. That's our main card. That's yeah. Sick. Takanori Gomi, Walt Harris versus uh, Asker. That's going to be another underrated one. Um, Bruce Leroy, Justin Scoggins. There are some good fights on this show. Now, I want to say this, guys. We will not be doing a podcast right after the show. It might be a few hours after. Might be that evening. Might be the next day. But needless to say, you boys will not be up at 4.30 in the morning to watch – Carl's John de Thomas fight Naoki in Hawaii. That ain't happening. Or Quan Ho, the handsome quack against Russell Doan. Awesome. I'm afraid we're going to have to skip out on the 5 a.m. Lucy Pudilova against Ji Hyun Kim. We may have to wait a little bit longer. To watch Frank Camacho take on Lee Jinglong. Not high on my priority list. At 430, 530, or At 6 a.m. on Saturday. You know, if it's a few hours later, I can, you know, no big deal. I don't mind waking up a little early on a Saturday to do some work. But 430 a.m. Now watch, James is going to be like, oh, I want you all to cover it live. You've got to do it live. We got to we got to have it. Man. Should we avoid Jimmy Van's calls, texts, WhatsApp messages all week? No, I, th- I think he knows. That, I think he <laughs> would take a look at this card and he would say, "Yeah, probably the right call." Because here's the thing: if we run that live right after the show, we probably won't get a lot of viewers. Because I'd say a lot of people are going to be doing the same thing that we're doing. That is correct. Absolutely. All right. And uh, so, guys, we will let you know uh, on Tuesday's Holy Smoke podcast when we'll do it. Heck, there's social media. As soon as we figure it out, we'll know. We'll do it. And, of course, when you're watching the show, uh, we'll let you know as well. So uh, make sure you do join us there because it is a pretty good damn card with the exception of the 4.30, and 6 a.m. fights but uh, <laughs> or Eastern fights. But uh, we'll definitely get, you know, we'll do a post-fight show. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, there's scraps on there I'm really looking forward to. So looking forward to dissecting them next week, especially with my Fun Bets article and, of course, We'll talk about a whole bunch of stuff uh, on Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern via the Holy Smokes podcast. Sean, you want to close us off? You want me to close it off? I'll close it off. Guys, don't forget to check out our post-Raw, post-Smackdown, post-WWE pay-per-view shows. The list and your boy, you will not find another podcast on the internet that has an eccentric millionaire like Jimmy Van and the guy he picked to run a wrestling uh, MMA and boxing website. Uh, it's a very unique dynamic. And, of course, the Holy Smokes MMA podcast on Tuesdays. Get on that bandwagon. Get on it early. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a ton of shows in the coming weeks. We have after Singapore, after uh, the Lee Kiesa fight, where we will also talk the Bellator pay-per-view. So, remember, we're not coming at you Saturday night after Bellator. We're coming at you Sunday night after UFC, so we can cover both of them. Then we got International Fight Week. I want you all to head over to Fightful.com. We have something over at Fightful.com that nobody else will have, and we have that multiple times a day, whether it's from boxing, MMA, or pro wrestling. We strive to bring you different kinds of coverage along with 
your standard coverage as well. We want to give you a little bit of everything. Podcasts, interviews, photos, videos, news, results, live discussion. We got forums. I love those forums being so active. I want to thank you guys so much for uh, supporting us. We are almost uh, to our first year, and uh, it's been awesome. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't imagine being happier working somewhere than, than I am here. So thanks, guys. And we're out. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money.